Well, tonight, my brothers and sisters would like to give you, I think, what is a kind of a simple homily here. Maybe it won't turn out to be so simple, but I think it's a simple homily. And uh, I just want to draw your attention to one line from the gospel. And it's the one, it's kind of, to me, it really, it's striking. Uh, and it's a little, it's very sobering. At the end of our gospel passage, the, Jesus' own people that he grew up with essentially reject him. And it says he's not able to do any mighty deed there because of their lack of faith. Okay? Now, we got to be really clear. If Jesus wanted to work a miracle, he could work a miracle, whatever. All right? But, so, Jesus' inability to work miracles amongst them had more to do with his choice. He chose not to do anything really powerful and wonderful among them because of their lack of faith. Because they weren't receptive, they weren't open to him. They weren't cooperative with God's grace that was present to them, that was actually visiting them. And it's kind of a sobering uh, thought that we are free to resist God's grace. God can actually walk into our life and we can say, no, sorry, toodaloo, bye-bye. It's a kind of a fearsome thing, fearful thing, I should say. Now, that's, that's the bad news. That's the bad news. Okay? But there's good news. There's a flip side to that. Okay? The good news is that we have the potential and the possibility to enter into a cooperative relationship with Jesus and to see Him do great things in our lives. So there's a, there's an optimistic way of looking at this whole scene that otherwise might be very sorrowful. And uh, Jesus wants that from us. He wants to see our faith. And by God's grace, we have the potential to make him happy. That's that's a really great thing. I think in my own life, I think I say to myself, "Hmm, I wonder how many mighty deeds Jesus has not been able to do in my life." Okay, and that's kind of a sorrowful thought. But then the happy thought comes to me, but wait a second, I still, you know, it's not over until it's over. I got a future ahead of me, and right now, right now I can decide to cooperate and to be open to him and to make him happy, to receive him, because he's always entering into my life. He's always stepping into my life and presenting himself. He's a gentleman, though, and he respects my freedom. And uh, that's how God has created us. Created us as free, intelligent beings. And that's what it means to be a person. That's what it means to be a person. To be a person is to be an intelligent and free being who's able to cooperate, who's able to enter into relationship with other persons. And this is where we find our meaning and our happiness. By entering into relationship with one another, but most importantly, entering into relationship with God and with the, the Blessed Trinity, who is a unity and a communion of divine persons. That isn't that a wonderful and awesome and really optimistic way of viewing reality. And that's what the Bible teaches us. That's what Christianity brings to us. In contrast to this, I think, you know, I'm going to use a little of a negative example here, but I don't mean to pick on the Eastern religions. As Catholics, we need to be respectful of all different religions. 
but in the Eastern religions, you know, there's a there's quite a, a different way of looking at reality than than the biblical view. So I think of a movie now. I don't do a lot of pop culture references. Have you guys ever heard me do a pop culture reference? Not much, right? I don't, I don't usually I do like historical stuff, things like from World War II and whatnot, right? I don't do a lot of pop culture stuff, but I'm going to do a pop culture reference. All right. So uh, there's a movie, and it's called uh, it's a it's a martial arts movie. Okay. It's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You guys probably haven't heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. You have? Okay. All right. Okay. So this movie, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, I wasn't happy with the movie. I wasn't really impressed. I thought it was kind of cheesy. There was a, there was, the plot wasn't really that great. and there were, there were two love stories in it, and the second one was really kind of cheesy and just wasn't very convincing. The first one, though, was pretty decent, though. Okay. And the, the, the love story goes like this. Uh, there is this kind of uh, swordsman, he's like the samurai warrior, and um, he uh, is in love with this woman. And uh, this woman is engaged to his best friend, okay? And so he's, okay, she's off limits, right? And so he goes away and he, he goes up this, you know, big mountain and he joins this kind of like this monastic community, okay? And he does all this martial arts training and meditation, Okay? And then his buddy dies, actually. So she's free, in a sense, but he still respects that previous relationship. So he holds himself honor-bound and duty-bound not to make any kind of advancements towards her or try to enter into a relationship with her. But both of them love each other, okay? So that's the kind of the premise. There's this scene right in the beginning of the movie where he comes back into her life and... Uh, he recounts this kind of moment of meditation and uh, quasi-enlightenment that he experiences when he's on this mountain. And uh, she says, oh, it must be so peaceful, I'm so busy, I wish I could go and do these retreats like you, whatnot, so forth and so on. He goes, well, you know, I returned, I, 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 I stopped my training, I quit it halfway through. I was in deep meditation and I came to this place where like all time and space disappeared and my consciousness was full of light. And she says, oh, you reached enlightenment? Okay. And he says, well, and the implication was he came close, but he, he couldn't quite go all the way to, you know, this kind of Eastern style enlightenment. And he says, because I sensed this endless sorrow and something was pulling me back. And so I drew back and I left and I came down the mountain. And it's all undertoned here, but the implication is he's got this, a romantic attachment to this woman. And so he actually doesn't sort of attain enlightenment. He, he chooses to come back because of love for, for her. And it's very interesting because in the Eastern religions, ultimate reality is apersonal. Okay, in the Eastern religions, ultimate reality is non-personal. It's this impersonal reality that you enter into and you lose your identity. Okay, so like you merge with the cosmos, essentially, all right? And with the supreme unified being, it's apersonal, and there's no relationships or communion, okay? And it's maybe kind of difficult for us in the West to kind of think about, but that's how it is in the East. And so what you find here, I, what I found interesting in this movie, is that the guy had to choose between one thing or the other, having a personal romantic relationship with this woman or entering into this non-personal ultimate reality. He had to choose one or the other. And he chose the, the lower 
reality, but it was personal, and it was communion, and it was relational. And I think to myself, my brothers and sisters, how blessed are we that the one true God, who is a communion of persons, has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. And we haven't been left alone in the cosmos. We haven't been left alone to just sort of attain an impersonal supreme reality by our own striving and efforts. But God himself has taken the initiative to enter into a personal relationship with us. And so we don't have to choose between a personal relationship with human beings and uh, ultimate reality because ultimate reality is personal. God is the supreme, intelligent, free reality who has created us out of love freely. And he wants nothing more than to enter into a personal relationship with us. And he respects us as persons. And he wants us to cooperate with him. And he says to us, I invite you into this relationship. The sky's the limit. Okay, you have so much potential. I can work miracles in your life if you would just let me. Please, accept my offer. My personal invitation to you. How wonderful is that vision that comes to us through Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. And so... I think to myself, yes, it is sorrowful that I think many times in my life I have rejected Jesus' invitation and his presence and his grace in my life. And I've missed out on all of these lost possibilities. But at the same time, I'm so grateful that I've got an eternity, a whole future ahead of me of limitless possibilities of God working miracles in my life. And uh, I'm excited to cooperate with his plan and his desire and his love for me. And uh, can we all together tonight just simply come to a place where we can appreciate that beautiful personal invitation that God offers to each one of us? Yes, probably we've missed out on many opportunities in our life. God could have worked many miracles and we weren't cooperative. But we've got a whole future ahead of us. And together as a community, let's, with great courage and love for God, move forward into this wonderful horizon of communion and an interpersonal relationship with our loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.